welcome to the most excellent 80s movies podcast. It's the podcast where a filmmaker, a comedian, a podcaster, and Blue Blaze irregular known as A-Prime, plus an unlicensed mixologist and another Blue Blaze irregular known as, I believe, the Spaniard? Ah. Uh, we're all going to hop in our rocket car and take a trip through the mountain into the eighth dimension of the 80s movies we love and love to hate. This is episode 28, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. And I'm about to play a trailer that has literally no words in it. <laughs> but there will be a link so you can add visuals. <laughs> it's all about the music. Is everything okay with the alien space club and planet 10, or should he just go ahead and destroy Russia? Tell him yes on one and no on two. Which was yes, to destroy Russia or uh, the number two? <laughs> That's Buckaroo Banzai. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Chrissy Lenz, improviser and comedian. With me, as always, is... Nathan Blackwell, filmmaker and uh, film watcher. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Yeah, that's I think accurate. you can claim that. That checks out. Yes, and we are very excited to have not one, but two super-duper fans. Died in the wool blue blazers. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, we're very excited to have them. Uh, first up is Mr... Uh, Tony Fuentes. I'm... Uh unlicensed mixologist as she said uh as well as a blue blazer regular from like 1980 something i can't remember when i started watching this film wow holy cow uh and we know each other through phoenix comic-con yep phoenix comic-con now currently phoenix fan fusion fan fusion yes Yes. i'll get that eventually eventually (laughs) yes exactly uh and miss alice baker otherwise known as a prime. A prime. How I thought of that, I have no idea. I mean, it's pretty solid. <laughs> it's pretty solid. Maybe I was watching the Transformers, I'm not sure. Well, the movie did come out around about that time, so. Exactly, exactly. Yes, 1984, mm-hmm. August. Mm-hmm. The year I graduated from high school. And you brought a stack of, I mean, I mean a stack of really, really awesome Three quarters yeah, of an Anthony, inch. Yeah. yeah, I think Anthony has it too. I just was the one who could find it in her uh-huh. in her file cabinet. Mine is secretly locked away. Um, I'm unable to find it because I don't remember where I put it. But I know it's locked away <laughs> secretly somewhere. Yes. And it's like it's like legit fan club information that is printed, Xeroxed, and stapled. 
by a human being and the put staples it in an have rust on them. <laughs> they do. I mean, like, it's really beautiful and and like hardcore. It is hardcore. A prime. Yeah, it is the only fan club that I have ever belonged to. I mean, I feel like that's pretty significant. I think at this moment I might be in 12 to 14 fan clubs. <laughs> I think I, I'm a joiner, but I think you're even more of a joiner than I am. I'm a fan club joiner. Yes, yes. you are a joiner. So. This, is, I, this is an interesting movie because I think you and I share a similar history with Buckaroo Banzai. Which is what? No history. No history at all, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely true. Um, and I, I watched it for the first time for this, but I, I want to hear about like the first time uh, that you saw it, uh, The Spaniard. <laughs> Tell us uh, what was the first time, and, and how did you know like you were So hooked? this is like the definition of like a cult movie. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was... Uh, in. I'm originally from Southern California, so they used to have Channel 13, which was uh, KCOP, and they would always have uh, Sunday, Saturday matinee sort of movies, which is basically anything that just ran its cycle through the theaters. And I remember this show coming on, and this guy putting something on his tongue, and then suddenly electricity, and he was transported elsewhere, i.e. John Lithgow in the film. And I just started watching, I think I was maybe about seven or eight I can't really remember, and just watching it, and just completely lost. And and and, and when it ended, I was mad because <laughs> it said that there was another movie coming out, yeah. and I'm like looking, and you know, mind you, you, you know, you're looking in newspapers, which is your only form of actual information. There was no internet, none of, none, none of this, you know, instant gratification for information. No, and it was just there was nothing. So you waited, and you waited, and nothing, and then eventually, hey, it's at the video store. If people remember those things, God, I'm aging myself. <laughs> but yeah, video stores and then watching it from the beginning to end repeatedly a couple of times. We had late charges when I was a kid because I hid the, the VHS tape and rewatched it over and over again. Wow. Fines were big back then. They were like $5. I bet. Yeah, you could really you could get yourself in some debt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I still have a copy of I Love You to Death that I never returned to the fries where you could rent videos. <laughs> they might still be looking for me. Uh, now they know, Chrissy. Now they know. <laughs> Damn it. You outed yourself. <laughs> Change your name. What about you, A-Prime? So this movie came out the year I graduated from high school. The summer, the year I graduated from high school. So It's like a graduation gift to it you. It was like a graduation gift to me. Uh, I definitely saw it in the theater multiple times <laughs> me and my bestie Phil Chang uh, saw it many times in the theater and then it came to the dollar movie theater oh. and we weren't big um, love a dollar movie theater mm. right uh, and it was the kind now I guess like the Alamo it, you know where you could sit oh the Alamo draft house whatever. Yeah. so this was kid friendly so there were no beers but it was like tables and mm-hmm. stuff and we were never big um, oh my god I can't believe that I can't remember what it's called where you go at midnight and you shout all the things and it's got Frankenfurter. Oh, no. Rocky Horror? We weren't big Rocky Horror Picture Show people. This film was our Rocky Horror Picture Show. So we would go to the Dollar Movie Theater mm-hmm. and we would sit and we would yell out all the lines and we would sing along with the theme music, like the whole nine yards. This needs to be done again, like yeah. yesterday, <laughs> and I would like tickets in a pamphlet. <laughs> so you just sit there and yeah. go, do-do-do, do-do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> <laughs> Where are your spurs from? Like I, I can probably quite 
quote more lines to this movie mm -hmm. than any other movie that I know, including Big Trouble in Little China, mm. which is my favorite 80s movie. This is Bucker Bonsai's my second favorite 80s Second wow. favorite. And they're related. See, I'm vice we'll versa. <laughs> I'm very vice versa. Oh, you're very vice yeah, versa. Yeah. Big nope. Trouble is your second? Yep, definitely. <laughs> okay. Well, Nathan, Big Trouble in Little China is your favorite 80s movie as well. Well, <clears throat> if I have to be honest. You do have to be ooh, honest. We ooh. have a class. I, I, I would probably put Raiders of the Lost Ark as number oh, one. And Big oh, Trouble yeah. As the, I mean, like, under oath. Okay. But. Which you are now. I swear <laughs> oh, you in. Now everyone knows. The, everyone knows. the courts of the right. internet has heard yeah. your words. And... and, and, and <laughs> And I didn't really see, like, Big Trouble in Little China until I was probably a teenager. So mm -hmm. it wasn't, like, one of those early ones. But, yeah, my history with Buckaroo Bonsai, I, I didn't see it till like, two, three years ago until Alice shamed me into seeing nice. it. <laughs> Did she have a bell? Shame. Shame. inadvertently struck me with shame rays. Yeah. She, it wasn't like she said anything. It's like, oh, of course you love this because you... You love Big Trouble in Little China. It's like, oh, I better watch this movie. <laughs> um, so it's interesting to, I think, for the subject of this podcast. We've been yeah. seeing a lot of gr like great movies and ones that we grew up on, like Die Hard and Spinal Tap. And Mannequin. The Thing. Right? Ah, uh, The but Thing. But it's interesting to kind of like tackle this one because it's very much, it's very close to a lot of people. And then some people have no idea what it is. Yeah, it's very much like a cult movie. Yeah. Um, so, well, yeah. I, but I, I think that that's, like, that's a bit of a mystery to me because I definitely missed this movie. Like, I don't I mean, I heard I, about it since... I don't think I heard about it. Like, and I had never seen the poster and I was right. very confused about... But you probably heard the lines, like... Uh, oh, yeah, I know. Oh, I like, it, like the there's always, like, like, the throwaway lines... Uh, Wherever you go, there you are, right? Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. I mean, I have that tattooed. No, I won't no, say no. where, but I have it tattooed. You do really? <laughs> nice. That was a wink, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Podcast listeners. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, but I, I didn't know anything about it at all. So, so, so you're 15 years younger than I am? I am 38. So not quite that. So t 10 years. We'll call it 10 yeah. years longer than that. So I feel like it, depending on where you fall and when it came out, mm -hmm. because of its cult nature, mm -hmm. as you mentioned, Nathan, if you weren't sort of in the thick of things in a certain if you weren't cool. mind frame, if you, you had weren't to be nerdy, cool. you had to be nerdy. I don't know mm -hmm. about cool, but you definitely had to be nerdy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this was back when nerdy wasn't cool. Exactly. It wasn't geeky. Yeah, you know. exactly. we did it in closed rooms, quietly, yeah. out of the view <laughs> well, public. I've been to a Star Trek convention, okay? So, <laughs> so this was advertised at Star Trek conventions when it was oh. coming out. It was that's yeah. one of their tools that they that's used they to try you. and to try and. Well, I don't think it was very successful because the only the movie only made back about half of what it cost to make it. But yes. that was one of the one of the you know ways they tried to get get people. It did. It does. It did not do well. So it'll be very interesting, I think, to hear to have the table like exactly divided into two people who are experts and two people who I think I wrote down. I think the thing I wrote down most frequently was, I feel like I'm paying attention, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. I, right it now. all it all clicked. It all clicked to me when I realized that it's really. So it, it really kind of following like the style of the old serials to where it's like mm -hmm. this is part 11 yeah. in a 28 part series and you've got all these like 
extra characters mm-hmm. who they ha- haven't wrapped their storyline up with, so they're just kind of hanging out there in the background. And we'll get to them in the next movie. Um, and all this information that everyone just takes matter-of-factly, like, oh, yeah, of course, this and this, like, information we don't need to give exposition to the audience because, of course, they know. I mean, they've seen ten more uh, installments mm-hmm. of this. They read the novel. Even the world. Like, They're caught up on the comic like, book. Oh, it's, it's the latest issue of Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah, <laughs> yeah New and Jersey so, says, yeah. But I think the thing that throws that connection is that it doesn't, like... It, this is not like any kind of serial that was out there. Like it's not going. To, it's not like a, you know, um, like a like a Flash Gordony kind of thing, or like the, you know, sort of like the old Batman style serials. But it's definitely following that same like pattern. That and idea. It, and it doesn't have like, you know, like, you know, Star Wars kind of tipped that off as saying like, oh, this is Episode Four. Eventually, it, it they put that on there, so it wasn't like Buckaroo Banzai installment, whatever. And so, really, if you weren't expecting it, it it it's, it's like I almost I, feel like the perfect like so if you're if you, if you've never seen this movie, um, the perfect way to experience it is to come in five minutes late and <laughs> to feel like you're an hour behind, yeah, and to let the confusion and the the ex and, and discovery and mm-hmm. just like enjoying the moments. Be the experience. Just and, go with it. Yeah, and don't like rewatch it right away to understand right. it. This is only a movie you should like watch like every seven years to to, oh. keep, to keep like the the confusion and the mystery and and the and the 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 joy of the moment intact. It's not it's not a movie to decrypt. So I would I think, agree. I don't know if you I feel think the same way. You've got a stack way. of papers there that might decrypt. <laughs> well, so but so so uh, one of the things I remember as a young person, it's like unexplained weirdness. And it is unexplained weirdness. And so if you were in the inn, then you felt more sort of you knew in the new in the know, right? Because right. you knew and nobody else got it. But yeah. you got it because you were in the the know. You've, you've decrypted it. <laughs> well, but not right. Or, or you got the newsletter, and yeah. because yeah. we got the newsletter, right? But but that I mean, thinking the about that, I, think, I like what you say because right, franch the concept of a franchise was really new at this point, right? Mm-hmm. So this came out yeah. the same year as Temple of Doom. What was right? this? Eighty three. This eighty four. There's some big okay. movies. Yeah, yeah. Right. The, yeah. Um, Oh, big movies. This is Final Tap, which is the next ETS. movie that's coming out. Ghostbusters came out this Ghostbusters. year. Yep. That's right. Um, I gosh, looked at the... Starman. Yes. Oh, Starman. Hold on. Uh, God, there was a bunch. This was a big mm-hmm. year for 80s movies. But the franchise concept, I mean, Star Wars was in 77, and then so Empire this, so comes out. This is out. the second one. No, this yeah. is Jedi. This is Jedi. No, no, no. 83 right? was Jedi. Was Jedi. Yeah, okay. so it's uh, at this point, we have sort of have an established idea of like a series at least we got from star wars but um other than that with slasher flicks i mean you know horror movies you know they had like jason part one part two part three and so on and so forth but the concept for uh, a serial in a movie format you know it was still a risky venture if you're a studio because what if the first one bombed and you're promising i don't know a second movie that you never (laughs) got I'm so I, I have the box office mojo for 1984. Uh, number one movie, Beverly Hills Cop. Number two, Ghostbusters. Number three, Temple of Doom. Then Gremlins, Karate Kid, Police Academy, 
Footloose, Romancing Still the Stone, around. Star right. Trek Three, Splash, Purple Rain. I mean, it's a big year. It's it, a big year. That's pretty much my so library. Dune, <laughs> so Jeff Goldblum turned down Egon to play wow. New Jersey. And thank God he did. Because <laughs> we got Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis. Ramis. Right? Yes. <laughs> Uh, wow. Spores, moles, and fungus. <laughs> um, I I love, I loved. I was so excited. Like every single person who came up, and I was just like, "Oh my god, look at who that guy! Is. Look at that guy! Is, is that yeah. Dan Hedaya? What? Are, <laughs> <laughs> is that Yakov Smirnoff? Christopher yeah. Love? Yeah. yeah, that is Yakov Smirnoff. Yeah. It is. Why is Christopher Lloyd redheaded? Oh my god! Yeah. Well, and they're so recognizable in their when they have their alien um, masks on. Is like. Yeah, that's that's Chris. That one's Christopher Lloyd. That one's Dan Hedaya. That one's the guy from Ghost on the subway. Uh, <laughs> uh, crap. Uh, John. Oh, uh, Vincent. Vincent. Chiavelli. Yeah, Vincent Chiavelli. Uh, yes. Yeah, he was like a great character actor. He was like in every film when it came to eighties and early nineties because yeah. yeah. he just had that long weird face. Yeah. I, I, this, it was just character after character after character after the. I don't. I won't know his name either. But he's uh, from Breaking Bad. Mike Airman Trout is also in there. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I think my favorite part, though, of the whole thing, because I'm like writing notes, and they are like brain surgery, jet car testing, through a mountain. This is nonsense poetry. Uh, <laughs> gross John Lithgow. I'm just like trying to make sure I'm keeping track of what's happening. And then they get to the rock star part, and it's just all like I'm just all drawing like stars and being like, more shoulders, please. <laughs> More saxophone, like when they change into their rock star clothes. Oh. I was into it. And, and the like, faux Billy Idol. And perfect, perfect Tommy. Perfect, perfect Tommy. Tommy. Yep, faux Billy Idol. I'm into it. I, I'm down for perfect Tommy. Um, and I, I think my favorite moment was when they're playing their rock and roll music. Maybe. I mean, it's really sort of New very. So, so Billy Vera plays Pinky Carruthers, mm-hmm. and Billy Vera is a musician. I forget what his band is called. Do you? Do you know uh, what I called? don't remember. I can't uh, remember. But and and so I I think maybe he had an influence. I don't remember. It's it's a lot sound. of well, it's a lot of horns. So you have a you know huge brass section and, and guitar, saxophones. Oh yeah, a tiny trumpet. Which which Peter Weller actually plays. Yep. Tiny trumpet? That's not him. Tiny trumpet. I want to talk about Peter Weller. <laughs> He's a professor now. Are you being serious? Yes. Of what? Um, I think it's like Renaissance literature. I would totally buy that. I would buy I'm that. I'm not too. even joking. Okay. I could be incorrect, but I'm not joking. <laughs> I, I just love the moment where he stops and he's like, someone's crying. It's so good. Like, yeah. it's mm-hmm. just like, what a great moment. Like, every girl is like, wait, what? He, he heard, you heard me. me crying, Buckaroo. Like, so and then the song, his solo. Yeah. And uh, was it? Uh, and the, the, then the song didn't really get me, but just the moment. Yeah. Like, everybody, shut up! So pretty. Someone's crying. <laughs> shut the fuck up! <laughs> we get to the bottom of this. Well, and the whole down, now, now, now. Don't be mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because remember, no matter where you go, there, there you, you are. are. Do you have a favorite favorite part? Oh, my God. So I, you know, I really enjoyed, actually, the bit part. So did you end up seeing the, the special edition with the I did not, the because the, it was on, the other one was on Amazon Prime, so I went free. 
Uh-huh. So you yes. So did you see the? No, no, it's free on Amazon Prime. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> so in the the special edition, they they have a bit where it's old timey home movies. Oh what yeah, it's supposed to look like yeah. right, and it's when the the jet car is first being tested and Buckaroo loses his parents oh. because Hanoi Shan sabotages the rocket car at the time with the oscillation overthruster, and Jamie Lee Curtis Curtis plays his mom yep. as a cameo. Uh, and I, having not, you know, that didn't come out originally. So I actually love that little scene at the beginning. And Rawhide narrates it. He does oh, yeah. voiceover yep. through the whole thing. Clancy Brown, his beautiful yeah. baritone voice. Oh, he looks so good in this movie. Um, Is he the one that sort of looks like Seth Rogen? Uh, he's the one who gets uh, alien shot with yes. the with his Fine. with spider. In, t- in perfect Tommy almost cries. I do love that part where he's like he can't look because he's like so emotional so. that rawhide is dying. I mean, perfect Tommy has a lot of layers. <laughs> <laughs> he's like an onion. As long as he takes them off, we're good with that. Yes, right? exactly. Pre- precisely. A prime. Thank you for picking up what I'm putting down. Now, if you find some of those original stock photos, or not stock, but scene photos from the movie, they have the actor who playing perfect Tommy and wearing much and much less because he was trying to be a model well no they were just photos they they were promo photos and it's like it was turned into like a very uh, risque boy shoot Ooh. so like yeah, and isn't there some like with some actually some 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 ladies as well oh yeah in the whole thing yeah yeah all right well they are she is wearing a pink fringe outfit like in her oh in her for style. her outfit for yeah penny pretty yes yeah. it's all yeah. it's all very I don't know that I could pick a favorite. It's hard. Um, It's always been two of mine. It's the uh, the realization when they start coming across like how many Johns, which is a joke in itself. How many Johns are in New Jersey? (laughs) It's statistically impossible because there's John Big Booty, John Big Balls, and so on. Like this small, just just all these ridiculous (laughs) names. So you have all that like because they bring it back to Orson Welles and the whole Mm -hmm. War of the Worlds thing, and it's like, oh my god, it's a great correlation. As a kid, it was like, oh my god, this is real, and that was like, it's and then the. uh, the last part with um, uh, Christopher Lloyd's character when he just loses his shit and just like starts yelling at Lithos, Lithgow's character. Great. You know, he's hanging there and it's like, your, your oscillation of the rest of his crap! And he just starts going, turns around and shoots him. I'm like, well, at least he had the say. You know, it's the one thing we all wish about our bosses and eventually we have that one moment we tell them their idea is crap. <laughs> and then you get shot. You, you get, get shot, shot. yeah. Uh, I, I watched the movie Rocket uh, oh, what did the kids think of it? I think Zoe went off to play practice for recorder, <laughs> uh, but Rocket was watching it. Like there, he was into it, and every time they said uh, "big booty," he'd go <laughs> "big booty." <laughs> <laughs> he got a kick mm-hmm. out of that. He liked it. He asked to watch it again. Boote, boote, yeah, That's a love. Uh, that's so funny. To he, me. He, get, it, he it tickled him every time. Did you have? Do you find a favorite mm. moment and nuggets uh, to hold on to? Maybe not a favorite moment, but a moment I think that kind of sums up the movie in a microcosm. Uh-huh. So it's a it's an action sequence, and they're running, and someone stops and says, "Why is there watermelon there?" Oh, I'll yes. tell you later. And then they keep going. No one that's, ever tells anyone. It, that's that's the movie. And there is <laughs> yep, that's the movie. Specifically, so an if you can't enjoy that mo- that moment, mm-hmm. you're you won't enjoy this movie. Up here. I think that's yeah. fair. I think yeah. that's yeah. fair. Um, do you want to? Do you want to reveal what the newsletters 
revealed to you about the purpose of the watermelon, or do you want to let it remain a mystery? I, I don't know if she has a clearance for that. Oh. That's true. I don't know that I... As yeah. a Shall prime. I inspect your... I, I don't know. I documents there. If I <laughs> so um, it's, there's a, one of the special features on the special edition, which, which I assume is on the Shout Factory. I can't remember. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it, it should is. be on the special edition. The, the 999 Secrets of Pinky Crothers as a historian. There you go. Yep. So they, they do reveal one of the, I guess, the official, because these actually give several options as to what the watermelon is yeah. for. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. But the uh, official Pinky Carruthers version is that there is a plan to drop watermelons t- in Africa to help with the famine, and they're testing the tensile strength of the skin of the watermelon. That is what it says. That is what the, the, it will tell you. And that is what I found on the internet as well. <laughs> so it must be true. You know, after you needed to know what the water well, yeah, I mean, after the scene, you're like, "Why is this happening? Why is this? Tell me, internet." And we told you. Well, it was also in. I read a. I read a really cool article, which I um I, I already posted to uh, our Facebook group, uh, most excellent '80s movies Facebook group, uh, which was stop what you're doing and watch Buckaroo Banzai right now and it's basically explaining how this movie is sort of the antithesis of like the modern Marvel movie Mm. that really like gives you the whole story start to finish complete with origins nothing's a mystery you always know who has the tesseract yeah and then it's like this is the opposite nothing makes any sense (laughs) well and I think the other argument that gets made with that a lot is the, self, the, the referentialness, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're watching one of those Marvel movies, although they make it so anybody can watch it, they do put in a lot of stuff that the super fans are going to get, and they reference each other. Mm-hmm. They reference the comics. They reference the TV shows. They're all self-referential. Yeah, and I- Buck Rubanza references... Nothing. I think my mom everything. would have the same the same experience watching Baku Banzai in the latest Avengers movie. Well, there's one moment where they say like they're talking about Orson Welles. Yep. So this is the moment that you mentioned where they're like, Oh, War of the Worlds. Uh, Orson Welles, and someone says, you mean the guy from the wine commercials? commercials? Which is completely dated, because then you remember all the those wine commercials back from then, and like, oh if god. If you're old enough to remember those wine That's commercials. so yeah. random, <laughs> and so great. It was topical. Those wine commercials it was are very so topical. amazing. You can find them. If you, stop what you're doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just Google Orson Welles wine commercial. Um, there's some... some Never mind. Which, but if you're into if you're into Orson Welles, you should also watch the Netflix documentary on his last mm. film that's mm-hmm. out right now. The Magnificent now. Ambersons. The Love Me When we're, When I'm Dead. Yes. Uh, mm. yeah. the, the making of the um, um, the, uh, the, the the wind. God, I don't Come know on. what to call it. <laughs> no. You know what I speak of, yes. film nerds. Now, if completely off track side note with Orson Welles, uh, the other side of the wind. Thing. The other side. Uh, <laughs> uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky, uh, who's done many weird, insane films like El Tapo and The Holy Ooh. Mountain, he actually had a version of Dune that was going to have Orson Welles in it as the uh, the emperor of the... No, no, it was Dolly. Yeah, he had Salvador Dolly in the film. It was even weirder. He was having Orson Welles as uh, Baron Harkonnen. Harkonnen, depends on how you pronounce it, but yeah. And the deal was is that he would hire Orson Welles' favorite chef to be on set to make his lunch, dinner, and breakfast while he was there. That's insane. I mean, if you ever see that, that documentary on undoing, oh, it's insane. Absolutely insane. Well, I, I love insane people <laughs> and things. 
So I don't, it's just unique. It's, it's it really unique. is. And I, and I think that's what makes being on the inn so fun. Oh, yeah. So if you're yeah. on the inn, you're on the inn, and everybody else looks at you like you're crazy, but you know. Yeah. You know. And I don't. And I'm like, <laughs> let me in, you guys. Somebody <laughs> tell me. Well, even but, the, oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, no. no please, I was going to say, that there's look at all the, the multitude of stars in the cast. I mean, obviously, we have so Peter Weller. We have Jeff Goldblum, John Lithgow, Clancy Brown, which most people only recognize him because they know his voice. He was Lex Luthor in the DC Universe. He was uh, Mr. Krabs in SpongeBob. Oh, right. Yeah, and of course... Oh, Highlander. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and he was the Kurgan in Highlander. I mean, he's... He's Redemption. Yeah, yeah. He, was the, he was the cap... The, was the, 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 the Ted Screw, as I called right. him. The, the, security, right. the, main, yeah. the main evil security Currently, yep, he's yep, in yep. Detroit being human, the new PS4 game. Yep. I mean, so you had like, a very wide all-star cast for this film, and you're like, oh, my... Oh, of course, Dan Haya and then Christopher Lloyd also yeah. in that. And you're like, oh, my God, these people are in this. You Why didn't I watch this? every, every <laughs> person. <laughs> Ellen Barkin. Like, I yeah. was looking at her going, Ellen I Bar- know who that is. Yeah. I know who that is. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas was the second time I had ever seen her. Oh, wow. She was the waitress in that North Vegas uh, diner, just completely spun out. And you're like, oh, my God, it's Penny Pretty. <laughs> Oh, yeah! You do recognize every single face that crosses the screen, but I think I think something that like maybe didn't hook me, and I could I could definitely completely imagine if I had seen this in high school, like I would have tried to still sign up for the fan club and been like, no, please let me know. I need to know what all this is. Um, but like, I didn't respond to Peter Weller very effectively. I feel like even maybe if they had swapped Jeff Goldblum and Peter, like I get it, he he did a great job, but but I didn't like find him dreamy. I would say it's a matter of its taste. Yeah, (laughs) do you find him dreamy, April? I find his performance perfect for the film. Now, Mm -hmm. granted, I've probably seen the film 40 to 50 times, so that may color my impression at this point. Probably. But I I love how he plays it, for the most part, so straight. Mm -hmm. He plays it so straight, and at first you're introduced to him, he's like a cool cat, man. He's like a brain surgeon. Understated, yeah. He's very understated until the, you know, infamous, you know, evil pure and simple, you know, Mm -hmm. electrodes from the eighth dimension. Um... And then there's that complexity, but I really loved that sort of low-key, cooler-than-cool kind of way that he played the character. It really, it worked for me. Now, did I think he was, you know, sexy like Perfect Tommy? No, but I liked his character. I mean, Rawhide was the guy for me. But, yeah, you know. it's that baritone voice. I, I swear. mean, there was someone for everyone. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, I mean, you look at Pierre Weller. I mean, he was cut. I mean, not. not not like muscular. I mean, he was he was he fit. Was 80s. You know, he was. He, was 80s fit. he had that that pale, and then he had like the really really dark hair against the pale skin and the blue eyes. I mean, yeah, that kind of stuff popped out. The only thing that kind of threw you off was near the end with the Pee Wee Herman outfit. Oh, I loved it. I was I was in. You were in for like, that. I love yeah. it. For that. I love it. I like it. More shoulders, please. Yeah, so the woman who did the costume designs for this film, like, has a career. She did the clothes for American Graffiti. Mm-hmm. She did the clothes for one of the Star Wars films. I think it was probably Return of the Jedi. Uh, one Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I mean, she has an incredible resume. 
Um, and for the time, you know, man, those clothes were the for shizzle. I loved them. I wore two belts throughout high school <laughs> because of, of Pinky Carruthers. I wore it like I had the regular belt and I had Another the, one that was. yeah, and then I found that, that other belt I used to wear. It doesn't oh God, fit anymore. Um, my Sadly. Son, having now seen the movie probably three oh times because of me, is now like So that's interesting. So, what, what, so what, what's his uh, relationship with this movie? So he, he thinks it's quirky fun. He definitely, there are slow parts, right? I mean, the, the plot, the pacing does drag at parts, right? And so there are times where he sort of checks out for the pacing issues. Mm-hmm. But other than that, he, he thinks it's crazy, wacky fun. But he also reads JoJo's Bizarre Adventures, the anime. So, like, he's down for the weird. I think that, like, kids, kids who are of that, like, preteen, tween teenager age are like sort of being programmed at this point to be down for things that don't entirely make sense like adventure time oh you know, in the cartoons yeah. gravity yeah. falls gravity falls angry or i love gravity falls it's so good it's so good yeah it's so, like so good. animated x-files yeah oh, well God, and gravity so falls good. like brings it all together in the end uh, something like adventure time is random for the sake of random and they never and then like buck rubanze they never like oh here's what a lumpy princess is they're just like that's what it is deal with it it's a rainicorn I can explain to you why there is one. Like, why didn't you know this? I mean, come on. So I I think that that's like something that isn't quite as like, but then no one explained to me, blah, blah, blah. Like, and and I, I look it up on Wikipedia, kid. Launched into the middle of something. You know, it's one of my favorite things about Back to the Future is that you you don't know the origin story of how Doc and Marty meet or anything like that. You know, so I like just being thrown into a big old mess. Uh, But yeah, the clothes. So good. Are so good. And, I, and I, all of the visuals, I thought, were, were really neat. Even the aliens in their, like, very DIY, like, <laughs> rubber maskiness. Like, right? So, so I, I don't know if it's true for everyone at this table, but often what I hear from, from people my age is they really miss practical effects. You oh, know, yeah. They're kind, oh, yes. kind of tired Rick Baker. of super, super, super CGI. Yeah. So I like all of that stuff and you can tell like hmm that mask probably wasn't you know well, <laughs> the well, with the, with all the masks um with uh, you had uh, Dan Haida and uh, uh Vince Chevalier and uh Christopher Lloyd their masks were exceedingly articulate I mean, we were able to tell a lot of facial expressions but you look at everyone else in like when we get into the hive the, the nest yeah, everyone it's the, yeah mask. it's because they ran out of budget and it just was the same thing with the black lectoids. They had them filmed in the beginning, so they had very articulate looking faces. But And then you get to, to John Parker, and John Parker's kind of stale <laughs> when it comes to the face. But then again, aliens. You know, aliens aren't, you know, we're not supposed to have weird, you know, facial tics or anything. What does an alien look like? <laughs> oh, my God. I love when John Parker, when they're in the hive and they're like, you know, running from area to area, and he does that thing where he runs with his feet out. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he's very critical. Like, what is this? Oh, it's a very bad design. Yes. <laughs> yes, that part is hilarious. Um, but you, you know, from uh, Alien Masks, Mr. Blackwell. <laughs> yes. Somewhere in this building is a. I have an alien mask that you made that has a green uh, monster face. Very good. <laughs> no comments on the monster faces. Oh, from Void Checkers, uh, yeah. the the lizard masks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you? So were you looking at it, going like, oh yeah, I like it, I dig it, like yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, it, it's tough when when you when you 
when you don't have a lot of money, you've got those pull-on ones, especially for just like the actors, you know, the background actors. You can see the same thing happen with like Planet of the Apes. Oh, yeah. Like the first ones are like amazing, and then like the people just behind them, it's like, oh, it's just, it, it's a rubber mask. Did, yeah. did you buy that at Easley's? It looks like you bought, oh, wait, yeah. Easley's is closed. Oh. Aww. R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, the big difference is that it's broken up into sections and mm-hmm. they glue each section onto the face. Mm. So it's it's not like the quality of the mask. It's like literally, this is a pull-on Halloween mask and this one has like different sections that they have to glue on and probably tear off and throw away and do a new version oh. that the next day. That reminds me of something in the... Bucker Banzai Declassified documentary that I think is also a special feature. Because I think the guy, um, I don't know if it's Richter, is talking about how they did—they ran out of so much money that they couldn't have the makeup guy on set. So what you're describing about the various pieces needing to be glued on, apparently that was done by a subpar professional Ooh. on top of the other issues they you had. You know, because, so. you know, <laughs> it's, it was my cousin Steve that was just <laughs> slapping on makeup. Volunteers. <laughs> Other cast members, Peter Waters, like slapping things on people. That that was another thing that I was thinking of, just as a filmmaker, the the director, W.D. Richter, who we, I mean, we talk about the connection with Big Trouble in Little China. He was one of the writers on Big Trouble in Little China. I did not know. Yeah. So, but um, uh, he, I just, I was just watching this movie and just wondering, like, how much of a nightmare was it to film this movie? Because it definitely has, like, so much joy and personality to it but how do you make that in a system that that wants to commoditize right the story i mean this is a very non-commercial movie it, it, it is a kind of a singular vision and everyone right. is kind of together in on it and having fun but i'm it, I, that just means to me that it was probably a nightmare to make <laughs> right and certainly a nightmare to market and try and sell yeah for uh, it, sure well yeah it's most you can do it's a sci-fi adventure that's yeah. what you, you leave it at it you, seemed like that trailer though that we yeah. played was pretty spot on in terms of like what's the tone yeah you know? I agree adventure aliens Walking music towards <laughs> each other in the LA river <laughs> costumes and the LA river still has not changed at this day oh. In and fact, it's in it's every about, movie. Oh, yes. it's it's incredibly smaller. <laughs> um, oh, you're wearing your Team Bonsai shirt. I oh, see yes, it now. I love it. Um, <laughs> so, what do you guys think in terms of like r- remake? Should we drag this up? Should we try and throw someone in it? No, no. just Alice is shaking nope. her head. No, 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 no. Maybe sequelize it. Sequel. But so, so we were talking uh, earlier. Uh, shout out to Oro Brewery. Um, yeah, our next door neighbors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, Ernest Klein, the mm-hmm. the guy who wrote Ready Player One, a huge Buck Rubanzai fan, if that wasn't obvious enough, if right. you read the book or watched the movie, um, he's written a screenplay for Buck Rubanzai against the World Crime League. So for me, and especially considering just like the nature, unauthorized, like he's just as a fan, <laughs> like my Bill and Ted Part Three, yes, script. exactly. <laughs> um, so because of that, that serialized nature and what Nathan was talking about, how it's episode eleven in a twenty-four series yeah. arc, I would much rather see it as either a TV series mm-hmm. or. Ooh, prequel, yeah. sequel, that kind of thing. You know, maybe it maybe sure. animated, and that way you can have. There all, was an animated pilot at one point, and oh, it wow. was just—I only saw the the opening trailer where it was kind of like you saw the jet car go through and fight alien ships and go through a mountain, and a big thing with potatoes being used as a power source. Oh, 
potatoes. It would be cool if it was animated because then you could still have like Christopher Lloyd and and all the everyone in there. Yeah, you know, still doing their voices. But I, I do love the idea of. I mean, you could have really that had some legs on Netflix or Hulu or something like that no. if they were to try and like make it just this crazy serial. I mean, one of the things I considered recommending uh, as my deep cut recommendation is Legion, the FX oh, yeah. series, yeah, yeah. which I know Nathan has not seen. I have not, because um, <laughs> but I've just, also heard it's very wacky it and makes really no out there. Sense. Right. <laughs> you um, got to dive deep into your own psyche, man. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I think it would. I could totally get excited about. Something like that. Who would you, who would you cast as a Buckaroo Bonsai? Oh, here comes the paper. Please let me know. So my pick for Buckaroo Bonsai is Jeffrey Dovin from Burn Notice. The main guy from Burn Notice. The main guy from Burn Notice. That is my pick. He has a very similar. Kind of has a similar look. Yeah. And at least when he played that character, there's Mm -hmm. a certain cool cachet kind of a thing to that character as well mm-hmm. um i consider some, the other thing problem i had was like if you're going to do um against the world crime league they can't be younger so at right. first i was looking at young up and coming hollywood stars because i love that when when people cast lesser known yeah. people but you need them to be still in their 30s and 30s i would say what so if i was you go looking prequel? for actors. what if you go before i can't remember the kid's name I think he's French, but he looks he is he looks like a younger Peter Weller. Mm-hmm. But I can't remember his name. What's he in? I can't remember. Okay. Very well. <laughs> that film with the the guy in with the, the thing. With the guy in it. You, you know. know, he's French. <laughs> guy with pants, the movie. <laughs> Part 2, it's personal. Ooh. What about you? What are your thoughts? Uh yeah, I was I was tossing this one back and forth and it's like, well, if we were going to go to the World Crime League, we have someone at that, you know, someone sort older and wiser because i you know so you this was on the same page about yeah that. and and it's it was a hard to pick because anybody it just you can't pick say someone like a george clooney or a liam neeson too so, yeah they're, they're they're too much of a celebrated actor i would want to pull somebody like out of a soap opera you know a, a, an actor someone who's got the chops but someone who understands like you know, there's a bit of a like an age dignified appearance kind of like uh you need a silver fox a silver fox, indeed. Except I don't think I don't think against the world. I think I, if you're going to make it a serial, against the world crime link happens like oh yeah immediately after. So he can't be that much older. True. I am a. <laughs> I don't. I, I was it, I was going back and forth. Category to act to grab people out of though. Like sure. the the like, just this side of middle aged. Sure, sure. New Jersey, Gordon <laughs> Levitt. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like you could bleach that hair and make him a, a perfect Tommy. <laughs> so for perfect Tommy, Louis Tan. I don't know if anyone knows who Louis Tan is. Uh, you, the only thing that people might know him from is from Into the Badlands, if you mm-hmm. watch that on mm-hmm. AMC. Mm-hmm. He's got perfect Tommy's body, she's which measured. is important here. She, <laughs> she's checked on your phone. She, she's done cross-comparison. <laughs> I, by by the way, she's I smiling. You know, I, I would suggest um, uh, casting the guy who they they cast in the in the RoboCop remake, and just force that guy to redo <laughs> all of Peter Weller's Wait, old movies. Yeah, the, he's, isn't he Colin Farrell? No, 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 no. no. The Kinnerman Kellerman. He's a he's a nor Scandinavian. I'm Ooh. gonna make it broad. He's a Scandinavian actor. He was in. Um, Oh my God! The Netflix series where you download yourself into the other bodies. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What the hell? Is oh, oh, Arthur, Arthur Carbon. 
Alter Carbon. He's yeah. going to start an okay. Alter Carbon. Yeah. yeah. Well, at that point, nice. him or uh, grab one of the Skarsgård brothers. I mean, mm. any one of them. Well, except for the, the younger no, one. No, the one from um, the Stephen King. Yeah, you don't want to get in. He just he, he's too he's too ch- cherub like. You want to like something like the Eric I Northman. I don't find him cherub like at all. <laughs> he's creepy. Well, you don't want Buckaroo <laughs> to be creepy. That, no, but he has that yep. like stoic, that like distant quality that peter weller has did you see yeah, castle rock it as distant yeah. i talked to, i i i took it as that bushido connected mm. that all that that higher mind mm-hmm. like i'm calm cool chill and i can plus he's with gone through like a hundred of these ventures already right crying. exactly right I know. Mm-hmm. and well, then that, i would do a gender flip on rawhide and do ali brie from glow <gasps> i love her she would be so great or the daughter ride because he was supposed to be put on cryogenic freeze. Right. So who else have I got? I've got Penny slash Peggy mm-hmm. as Suki Waterhouse. She's like more of a bee. She was in Assassination Nation and the bad trip, the bad drugs, oh. the bad, bad uh-huh. stuff. The happens. bad batch. The bad batch. There you go. Yeah. The bad batch. I like her. So then how about this as like a cameo? We get... Dak Shepard and Kristen Bell to be Reno and Pecos. I'm into that. <laughs> right? Because Pecos is a female, which is the whole joke about New Jersey being like, mm-hmm. oh, you're Pecos to Reno, and oh, you're Pecos. Because Pecos is a female. And mm-hmm. she's, so he's, New Way Jersey off. doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Again, you have to be in the end. I, I see a little bit of like lost bit on Nathan. He's like, I have no idea. I remember that bit, though, of him <laughs> wanting, like, wanting to say who everybody is. You're perfect. Right, right. Nope. And that, that's the, where are your spurs from? That, that whole line. <laughs> Well, sorry. And then for Han- for Hanoi Shan, I'm thinking somebody Korean actor from those really amazing Korean action movies. If you don't watch Korean action movies, you need to fix that ASAP because they're amazing. <laughs> so either Lee Byung Hung, which everyone would recognize, right? Oh, yeah. He's the right. He's who did he play in um, Snake? Cobra, Cobra Commander, what is that? G.I. Joe. Mm, he plays yeah, yeah. Snake, is that who that character is? No, 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 no. Storm Shadow. Storm Shadow. Storm there you Shadow. go, thank you, thank yep. you. I knew somebody, I knew one of you nerds would know. Um, or, Geek, thank uh, you very much. <laughs> Nathan, have you seen The Good, The Bad, and The Weird? Yeah, yes. but it's, it's not on the tip of So, right? Track. Yeah. Right? Uh, so, they're, they're, I, I think, one of those guys for um, Hanoi Shan. Was he one of I got the whole thing cast. Fest? Lee Byung Hung was yes. Yes, mm-hmm. that's that's why I know who that is. Yes, it's that cold look in his eyes. <laughs> well, I, what you're describing though, like, may have been why why I did not connect to Buckaroo Banzai in the same way. Like, you know, if you ask me who what '80s boys are, I think are cool. I'd be like Lloyd Dobler, you know, the weird ones who have zero <laughs> chill, right? Like, you, chill is not for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love it. Uh, what about you? What, do you? what are your thoughts on a modern update? I'm not sure, but with with the modern update, it's uh, I always get cringy anytime anyone yeah. talks about a modern update because I I don't mind a, like with Men in Black that's coming out right. They're doing it's not a it's not a uh, not a reboot is it's an extension of the universe. It's a different story within yeah. that same. Yeah, within the same. I I, yeah, I appreciate the when when they do that versus well. Uh, if you're a hardcore comic book junkie like me, uh, which is probably a lot of people listening, the Ghostbusters, the the new Ghostbusters that came out with mm-hmm. the all female cast, 
it's all part of this universe that they, they wrote in the comic books. There's like multiple iterations of Ghostbusters in different universes, and that's just one. And they're all connected in some fashion or some way. I would like kind of like the same sort of the same concept with Bucker Bonsai that it's this was just one iteration. So if they were to yeah, I, I really wish with like the the new Ghostbusters that if that they would have connected it somehow rather than slight, just yeah. kind of like. Well, in the Restarted. comics, they did. In, yeah. in the comics, it's it's, yeah. it's another thing for me because again, head canon. You're traveling to other dimensions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's to say that there is not another Buckaroo Banzai on the other side? Yeah, and I then, dig that. You know, crashing jet cars like, oh my god, I just hit somebody, <laughs> and that you know they two guys walking out looking at their jet cars and they apologize trying to exchange you know insurance cards. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh wait, you're a Buckaroo. No, you're Buckaroo. <laughs> yeah, that would totally be plausible. In this world. Yeah. And right. see, that would be a good way to be able to have a, a younger cast or even a much more modern just cast. Everyone, and get, everyone just flipped and changed and, and just a little different. Uh, yeah. yeah. You can always do a mirror a universe. Yeah. What, Buckaroo with a beard? <laughs> <laughs> in a sword I mean, instead of a six shooter? That. There we go. Um, <laughs> so on a scale of, let's say, one thruster out of ten thrusters? Yeah. One uh, tie out of, or, or is it? I think I was going to say one saxophone uh, out of two belts? ten saxophones. <laughs> belts or bow ties? One, one belt out of ten belts. Right, yes. right, right. You know, Buckaroo wore it before uh, uh, the doctor did. Yeah, absolutely. And I have an entire collection cool. of bow ties because of him. Uh-huh. So there are instructions. Oh, there is documents on how to tie a bow tie. I mean, <laughs> I think there's something about everything in those documents. I'm sure that there is. You have to let me take some pictures. Um, all right, so one to ten. Right, the, the pressure's on you guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so so this is an eight out of ten for me. Okay. Uh, Big Trouble in China is a nine out of ten. Okay. And my favorite movie of all time, which is Singing in the Rain, is a ten out of ten. But very, 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 very few films get a ten out of ten from me. Okay, that is fair. I like that you did provide us with a ten, though, so we know that it does <laughs> exist. <laughs> All right. What do you think? Feel free uh, to aim for the ceiling. Well, okay, for my own personal ceiling, we have uh, my 10 out of 10 is Empire Strikes Back. Because okay. I'm a Star Wars junkie through and through. Mm-hmm. Um, Buckaroo comes about 8.5, almost a 9, but not quite because it's a fight between him and Indiana Jones. Wow. They're, they're so much rougher on their beloved movie than I would ever be. No, I know. This <laughs> is the, they are nerds. This is... <laughs> Geeks are exactly geek. what happened with the thing, though. That's exactly, yeah. exactly. You had a thing? Oh, yeah. We did the thing. It was, oh. the, it was the last episode before this one. It just came out. Um, well, no, there will there will end up being one between this and that. And the Something one that came out today, between this? Yeah. Spinal Tap. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like, you know, we had uh, uh, Jonathan Elliott on who was like, this is the most beautiful movie that's ever been invented, and I know everything about it. I give it a seven. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> And I'm like, I think I gave Mannequin an eight, so. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you really liked Mannequin. Uh, no, I just no, like it's, everything. It's, it's the, you're, the, you're the Paula Abdul judge. Yes. You're the Paula Abdul judge. I'm mm-hmm. not the Paula Abdul judge. That's fair. We need, we need each of us in this, it's true. Uh, in this it's life. True. Yeah, because I, I think I've given at least, at least two movies a ten. I seem to default and give everything a six. That's true. You are harsher than me, for sure. But I can't go under except Young Guns. I yeah. can't oh, seem that is to, a terrible movie. I can't seem to like say anything bad about anyone's kid. 
<laughs> or, or any movie or whatever <laughs> below that line. Okay. I must. So what do you give it? A six. A six. <laughs> <laughs> it's the right safe there. zone. Uh-huh. I think you so should I, have like I, a running list. I would split list. the difference. Yeah. It's like, so I, you know, because I, I definitely recognize the joy and the love that's in this movie. Mm. And it's, it's almost kind of like a language I can't quite speak, but I can, I can pick out some parts. Um, and so I definitely enjoyed it this time around than I, more than the first time around. First time around was like, shrug, I don't get it. <laughs> Did I miss something? What the hell's going Let on me in this movie? This over and, was there another? And then this time around, I definitely had a, a much better time. So. I so, I, so, so basically, it's like, know what you're getting into that you will not know what you're getting into. Right. And just get, roll with it. Yeah. Just roll with it. You're confused. That's part of the okay. fun. <laughs> part of the fun, yeah. Okay, and what about a deep cut recommendation? I, I actually think I have two. I want to hear yours because you're so proud of them. Say both I, of them I, at I, the same time. <laughs> ended up being proud Use of them. Use both your first, mouths. I was like, what, are, what am I even going to, what do you even recommend? Right. To, I mean, like, like the easiest recommendation is. Is what? Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, okay. I mean, they do share a a similar something. Right. You know, they do. Yeah, absolutely. A certain, like, what the hell is this? Um, I I think I, like, I thought about Legion, and then I I landed on, this this is the definition of a deep cut recommendation. So there's two characters in the movie, a police officer and his young son oh yes yeah. who are like running around in there yeah, in the yeah. mix um, casper and scooter mm-hmm. oh, wow <laughs> nice yes two points <laughs> and they are exactly like two characters and cloudy with a chance of meatballs oh yeah mr t and his and yeah, his, his son. son that run around and they're like they're always together and it was that same thing of like the dad and the son who are just like they're together solving these problems so cloudy with a chance of meatballs it's an animated series now as well as like Two, you know, the two animated movies. I'm trying to remember, were those like based on a, a book? Game? Oh, a book. A book. Okay. Yep. A children's like, book. Where did that come from? But it's like a 10 page children's book, and okay. someone it was just like took no it characters. And like ran with it, yeah. <laughs> and I think they're both great movies. Uh, and, the, and the series is really funny, too, in, in that like smart way that kids' shows are now. Like, right, you know, right, right. it's not quite Gravity Falls, but it's no The Smurfs. Gotcha. Mm. Which meant nothing and only made us dumber. So that's my first recommendation. And then my second one is Psych. Because uh, Peter Weller plays one of the like ultimate bad guys. Uh, he plays Yin. Oh my god, I'd forgotten that. Uh-huh. Oh my god, I had forgotten that. I thought you would be excited, but I remembered it and was like, oh yeah. So watch Psych. Watch all of it. And then when you get to Peter Weller, be like, oh, neat. You just kind of, you know, overlook the horrible 90s behavior of men. Oh, you have to. women. You just kind of let it go. Yes. Let it go. Just let it wash over you. There's enough good, I think, to uh, buoy it up. <laughs> Agreed. All right. Who wants to go next? So I, I, I went a really weird deep cut. Um, that because I, ideally the, the concept was that aliens are hiding among us and that you would never know if anyone's going on and what do we, what do they think about us? And so my first one was uh, a brother from another planet. Oh, nice. Now nice, this nice. is like, like, mind it. you, it was very, it was a very political film at the time because it's, you know, uh, race 
and how people view each other. I mean, it was, it was, it's a sad movie. It's very depressing. And it's like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Cause a lot of it is you, you have these entities living amongst you that you don't know who are actually there that are trying to get home and trying to do their own thing you know never mind that they're you know evil red lectoids but you know ideally what they were trying to do was just go home never mind the motivations uh my second one also along the same uh same veins is the man who fell to earth with david bowie and again an alien hiding amongst people you know trying to influence us for the better or in this case trying to make sure like the black lectoids trying not to blow ourselves up because that was part of their involvement because we've stumbled upon nuclear power and all this other stuff. So, I, I yeah, I was trying to come up with a deep cut for this and I, I decided to put it in the category of like a, like a sleepover movie marathon of movies that are, are that like if your grandpa walked in and was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, what came to mind was Time Bandits. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, totally. Which Ugh. is just off the wall and crazy. And again, like if you come in a few minutes late, you're like, what the fuck is going yeah. on here? Right, right. Like, I'm I just feel not like getting... I'm paying attention. Yeah, I feel like I was <laughs> like this and any Monty Python movie and Big mm-hmm. Trouble in Little China. Baron like, Munchausen, I would say the same yeah. vein. So I'm going to go with Time Bandits. Oh, that's great. Solid. Yeah, I don't, I, maybe, I don't think mine are very deep. So one, uh, I remember... Uh, I don't know when I started watching it, but Space 1999, I feel, has a similar... Um, is that a movie? Feel, no, it's a TV series, British sci-fi TV series um, that I would watch on cable. Martin Landau? A lot, yep, Martin Landau. Yeah. Um, along with the British TV version of Hitchhiker's Guide. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think then that's on, on Netflix or it Amazon was right Amazon. It was on Netflix or it, it could have been part of the calling because they call it every yeah. six right, months right. or seven months. Whatever, the calling. <laughs> I love that. Um, and then the other two that are more eighties related. Uh, one, Streets on Fire, which is an eighties movie. So that if, oh, if you oh, guys um, do it, then I want to be on that one too. Okay, <laughs> that is uh, my. That's dying. Yeah, who was the main actor? He did like I, a, Michael Perrin. Yeah, yeah, and it was like this weird gang fight. Um, uh, what's and she's a singer and a Canadian comedy actor from Second City is Who in played it. the Green Goblin in the first Spider-Man film? Uh, William Defoe. William Defoe is the bad guy. William Defoe is the bad guy. He's a he's like a fifties kind Name of gangster, kind, not John like greaser. Yes, greaser kid. Who, Rick Moranis. I think Eugene it is Levy. Mick Moranis. No, it's Mick Moranis. No, it's Mick Mar- Rick Moranis, Rick Moranis is in it. He plays Diane Lane's um, manager. Okay. Love that movie. And then uh, a thing that I, there was a late night thing that also came on cable, which I can't remember the name of, but I saw Forbidden Planet on that and a bunch of other oh, like, like later. A, like a late night monster movie. Kind of a thing. Kind of thing. Uh, it was a, another film with Diane Lane called Ladies and Gentlemen, The Fabulous Stains. Um, which hmm. again, if you haven't seen, it's this. Now I need to find it. She's like a teenager, and um, she's fighting against the patriarchy, and she's in a punk band, and uh, I don't know. There's something about it that that makes me think of yeah. this film. Although otherwise, n- no connections whatsoever. Okay, okay. <laughs> concepts. It's all about concepts and colors <laughs> and shoes. Oh I don't know my shoes, but it it keeps you going. Wow. Okay. Um. So. Where can um, your 
don't you don't have a current podcast do you but you're working on one that that yes my sister and i are reading through all of the hugo and nebula award-winning novels um but we're still we've just barely made the 60s (laughs) (laughs) it's been rough going through the through the 50s it's been rough it's been rough a lot of interesting stagnant themes uh you know, boys, boys, and more boys uh, doing boy things. Boys, boys, boys. Yay, boy things. <laughs> <laughs> Setting fire and finding body. Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> so when, when that comes out, we'll provide a retroactive link yes, to absolutely, it. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Uh, anything else that you want people to check out where they can find you? Like Not find that I can fun think stuff of. for you? They can check I mean, out the Educating Geeks archives? They certainly can. That's hosted on uh, the the fabulous, what? oh my God, I can't remember the name all of a sudden. The Excellent Pod Network. Yes, true. You, you can find the archive there, or you can also find it just on Libsyn if you mm-hmm. just search for Educating Geeks. And for you, sir, where can people find? Uh, well, I give my own address, but then you know, then <laughs> I then get attacked. Then they you, could right? find me. Um, actually, uh, uh, friends of mine, uh, Doc Walling and Johnny Lebrod, are part of my trio of the science of drinking. Hence, why we are the unlicensed Yay. mixologists. Uh, we have a website where you can find all kinds of sci-fi horror fantasy recipes for alcohol and things that we've done and so fun uh, and I'm into that. oh yeah. yeah we're on we're on facebook and uh, our most recent foray was uh uh doc walling found uh, a thing online and or not online found it in store a canned of uh canned pork with juices Yes, that that look on your face is exactly what we thought. And so we decided, hey, let's try, you know, some odd food sort of eating. So Mm -hmm. we found a thing of canned haggis and uh, sweet gefilte fish. So we we sat and ate sweet gefilte fish, canned haggis, and uh, pork with juices cooked two ways, smoked and boiled in beer. It was an experience. I believe you. But normally uh, for... (laughs) But yeah, that's science of drinking is what we normally do. So if you look us up and then you'll see the three idiots, that is us there. Also at uh, Phoenix Fan Fusion, we'll be there doing uh, urban legends and other spooky things. So if you like spooky things and then us, you know, talking about when we scared ourselves, that's what we do. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Well, you can find me in real life and, you know, stalk me or whatever you want at uh, NCT. If you're in the Mesa, Arizona or the greater Phoenix area. Uh, and you can find me at nctphoenix.com and Most Excellent Pod uh, on the Facebooks and the Instagrams and the, all the other stuffs. And you can find Nathan lots of places as well. Yes, so you can find all my stuff uh, at Squishy Studios, at the Facebooks, on the Instagrams and the Twitters. Um, you can check out the film projects that we're working on. And uh, Got some interesting stuff like in the works. Yeah, yeah, in, in development, some yeah. stuff in the works, yeah. So uh, check us out. Uh, thank you for listening be sure to like thumbs up rate review tell a friend all the things you know you have to do please do them we would appreciate it Nathan would appreciate it yeah I'm right over here appreciating he is currently appreciating (laughs) he's very appreciative that's is that legal what is he he doing over there don't look at me Uh, and, you know, when you're out there in the world, be sure to keep the most excellent 80s movies podcast motto in mind. Be excellent to each other and wherever you go, go, there you are. Yay! Yay.